Good evening everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Understarters Orders podcast. It is a little bit of a different look this week as we are having a ladies night. All the boys are away doing whatever they're doing. I think Chris is at a spa. It's a real, it's a real ladies night. Um, so without further ado, I will introduce the other girls that I have got on with me. We have Neve, who lots of you will already know. Hi Neve. Hi. You okay? Yeah, I feel like I need I should have a gin for ladies night. Yeah. I've got, tea. I've got a I've got a wine. I'm doing oh, the deck. I'm deck tonight. <laughs> someone's got to have wine. It wouldn't be the same someone's without got it. To have a red wine, so I'm doing the deck. And we also have Sam Martin with us. Hi Sam. Hello, how are you? Good, thank you. Are you okay? Yeah, good, thank you. You two are both fresh back from Warwick last weekend, aren't you? Yeah. Yes, it was a brilliant day, wasn't it? We had a great time. Always yeah, I've really before. enjoyed it. I love it. I love it. It's one of my favourite courses. Me too. It's not mm. no, it's not the biggest. It doesn't always have the biggest it's crowd. Proper, it's not celebrated, yeah. but it is it's a proper, proper grassroots racing. You know, yeah. it's grassroots racing. It's and yeah. always really good racing there, even if the field yeah. sizes are small and got to see John Bond. Got to see John Bond. <laughs> there we go. Uh, we do also have Becca, but her internet has literally just dropped out. So we will get her back in as soon as we possibly can. But I think for now, we will carry on and start having a look at this weekend's action. So we're going to start with the Kingwell Hurdle, which is on Saturday at Wincanton. The uh, declarations are out and we have a four-runner field. <laughs> <laughs> four runners to pick from this evening um it is the race is at 3 12 one of those one of those meetings That's where all time. the races are at funny times um so we have first street leading the market at six to four napper's hill is next up at seven to four i like to move it is 130 best price at the moment and then the outsider is global citizen at a big old price of 33 to one so sam i'm going to come to you first if that's okay do you want to start to take us through this field and give us your selection for the king well brilliant so i think um it's perhaps a bit funny to see the Cheltenham Festival winner in the lineup. Global Citizen is actually the roughie of the lot of them at 33 to 1. Um, he's had a bit of an unorthodox um, kind of career since, I suppose, with the two starts that he's had. Um, pulled up on seasonal reappearance in September, which is obviously a bit early, but they probably wanted to get a um, run into him before he went over to America, ran seventh in the Grand National Hurdle over there, um, obviously finishing behind Hewick. It's hard to know um, if good ground's okay with him. He's been a non-runner on that type of ground a couple of times, um, but then he's also won on good to firm. Um, so it's a little bit up in the air whether he'll like it, but you've got to think he's perhaps a little bit vulnerable, as the prices just suggest, to the um, to the younger horses. I like to move it as a horse I do really like. Um, he loves Cheltenham, and you can't really get much different to Cheltenham than Wincanton. Yeah. Wincanton's right-handed. It's basically flat. Whereas Chatham's left-handed and definitely not flat. Um, exactly. So you've got to think, he has won a bump around here, but this is obviously a bit different over hurdles. Perhaps he'll be okay. Um, there is quite, there's a form line that goes between him, Napa's Hill and First Street, which was the rail keel on New Year's Day. Um, he was getting £2 from Napa's Hill that time. Um, 
he, now that's the same again, but he's in reality rated um, one pound more. Um, as Napa's Hill. Um, I just, I do you like. The, do you think the betting is is quite heavily based on that last race at Cheltenham yeah, because it's, it's basically so. priced in accordance just, to how many lengths they finished within of Marie's Rock? Exactly. Um, we love Marie's Rock. You know, she set a really good standard that day. Um, she's quite a solid mare to obviously compare against. Um, yeah. Napa's Hill is a horse that. I don't know, I've never really warmed to him, I will be honest. Um, he was looking for his fifth win in a row in that rail keel. Um, first Street finished eight lengths ahead of him. Um, and on the weights to for this, he has a, that means he's quite, quite got quite a deficit to make up. So I do think I'm going to be boring for this first one and go with the favourite. Um, because I think it will probably end up being a tactical affair. I think perhaps if one of the jockeys just decides to kind of make the running and try and run the stuffing out the rest of them, that'll perhaps be what wins the race. Um, but I think they're really closely matched, those three, other than um, Global Citizen. But I think with First Streets, um, just on the weights this time, obviously it's it's not a handicap, but they've all got their various penalties and things. So, um, yeah, First Street for me. Okay, first shoot for Sam. And that is fine. That's not boring. We're allowed to select favourites. It's my podcast this week. You can pick who you want. We don't have to have the outsider. He doesn't have to have the judgment. We're after winners here. So that's if you think first street is the winner, then that's fine with me. So I'm going to, we've got Becca on now. I'm going to bring her in. Hopefully this is going to work. Hi, Becca. Are you okay? Oh, it looks like the connection it just isn't quite working. I think I can see in the background there's a low connection kind of warning on Becca's camera. So I might have to we'll see how we get on anyway. We can bring her in. I can bring her in whenever she she pops back up. So Neve, over to you. Who do you think who who impressed you most last time in that um in the race against Marie's Rock? And are you simply going with distance to to close her down? Well, I was first. First Street impressed me most, if I'm honest, that day. And the Nikki Henderson team are really hitting their form like this week. And I was really, I was really going to side with him, but I do think it'll turn into a bit of a tactical affair. And Wink Canton, like Sam was saying, it's a very fast track. Mm -hmm. um, and Napa's Hill, he's two from two over course and distance there. I could see him going forward. I could see him getting a relatively easy lead, I think. And Bryony Frost, who's on board, she's deadly on these when she gets an easy lead. We've seen her do it enough times with the likes of Frodon. Yeah. So I I don't think there's going to be enough pace on for First Street. Mm -hmm. He's by Golden Horn. They can be quite free going, like, you know, quite keen types. I mean, having said that, Napa's Hill can also, you know, be quite keen. But I just think this is Paul Nichols's playground, Wincanton. Yeah. And, you know, it, this race has been as well in the past for him. Um, so I'm going to side with Napa's Hill this time um, over First Street. But it was very, it's very, very close between the two, I think. Based on the Cheltenham form, you'd have to have First Street in front. But I do think that here, if it was anywhere else, I'd be siding with First Street. Let's just say that. But I think because it's Wincanton, I'm going to side with Napa's Hill. Like, because we don't know, First Street's never run at Wincanton before. He might mm -hmm. be, you know, his class might might prevail, 
But for me, it's always a massive bonus when a horse has had course and distance form. And Nappers Hill has got such good course and distance form that I do think he might just have the edge on this occasion. So mm -hmm. I would have I think take a chance. He's not exactly an outsider, is he? <laughs> but yeah, that's my reasoning. Yeah, I think um, I think those are all very fair comments. I think, uh, well, actually, neither of you have mentioned that we've got really good ground at the moment. Like, do you think any of these are kind of particularly ground dependent? I, I personally think I like to move it is, is a real good ground horse. Um, I think he loves it at Cheltenham and he loves it at the November meeting in Cheltenham and it's generally, well, the last couple of years it's been good ground. So I think that is quite key to him and that's obviously looks like it's the way that the ground is going to play out this weekend. Um, I, I do also think Nappers Hill is, is potentially better on good. I think he's quite, you know, spring heeled and likes to nip over his hurdles. I think I'm I would probably be leaning towards Nappers Hill as well, to be honest. Um with ground kind of coming into into play a little bit, which isn't necessarily, you know, we do we normally get good ground in, in February? I'm not sure we necessarily do, no. but of a funny season like that hasn't it so yeah. i do think um i i think that is a bit of a factor i can see rebecca has just come back on so let's see if we can get her in and working becca can you hear us the black screen is is not a good it's not a good sign i think potentially not but she seems to be trying away in the background bless her so hopefully we will get becca on at some point oh here she is Oh, hello. Hello. Oh, again soon. <laughs> How are you doing? Are you managing? Um, yeah, just about. <laughs> so welcome to the podcast. Becca hasn't been on before for anybody who doesn't necessarily recognise, well, might not recognise any of our faces, to be honest. I know um, <laughs> Peter's punts has mm. mentioned that he hasn't listened to a stream in months, so he'll be thinking, what the hell has happened to all of these guys? But don't worry, Peter. Wine is still present, so it's okay. There is there is some consistency in the understarters orders pod tonight. Um, so Becca, we've kind of been through our selections for the Kingwell, but I'd definitely be interested in hearing your take on the race and what you make of it. Yeah, well, I think it's it's an interesting race. Obviously, I'd like to move it in first treatment last time out, didn't they? In the um, what's it called? the uh, Brace Marie's Rock one. And I like First Street, to be honest. And and what's kind of what's made you go for First Street over over the other two that have also got that kind of form that ties in with Marie's Rock? Is it kind of just a case of that one finished, you know, closer than the other two on that occasion? Or is there a bit more to it than that, do you think? I think there's that and the fact that he got so close to state man in the county hurdle last year. I think obviously he was carrying a lot more weight than state man. Yeah. I think I just didn't like his chances. I think the race will suit him and I think he's probably the best horse in the race. Fab. Okay. Well thank you. So actually can I can I make another point about First Street? I don't know why I'm arguing for him, but um, that Jerry that Jerry Field and Hurdle at Newbury, Nicky Henderson often uses that as a stepping stone for his really good horses. Obviously, he won it with Epitant a few years ago, so 
that's definitely a horse who's open to further progression, I think. Um, so, you know, he, he could be, I mean, they're talking champion hurdles with him. Like, you know, if you come into a race like the King, well, you would be thinking that further down the line, but he's I clearly, just, you know, a very good horse. horse. That's really. On, yeah. We'll see, won't we? Go. I'd be surprised <laughs> if he put in a performance. I don't think he'd be able to put in a performance against these three that could place him in the in the real champion hurdle talk. No, no. Virtually, and that's no offense to to these no three, of course. No, no offense <laughs> intended. They're brilliant in their own right, but you know, like you say with statement and things, they're in another stratosphere, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Okay, so we're we're split then there. So it's a couple, uh, two for First Street and two for Napa's Hill. So those are our selections for the Kingwell. So the next race we are going to look at this evening is the Shum Hurdle. So we're off to Haydock now, which is at 2.05, three miles and half a furlong. And the going up at Haydock is obviously softer than it is at Wincanton because it's always a little bit softer at Haydock than it is anywhere else but only good to soft at the moment I don't know if there's rain I don't know where none of us are I don't know where you're based sorry Becca are you anywhere near Haydock no I'm in Newmarket no <laughs> no if anybody if anybody is listening that is based up in the north normally we would have Chris to ask him what the weather was like outside <laughs> but uh, we don't have don't have that luxury this evening so if anybody knows if the ground is going to continue to be good to soft please do let us know um, so at the head of the market, we have Earn River, who's around a, be a best price of 11 to 4. Next up for the skeleton team is Ashtown Lad, around 9 to 2, along with Green Book for Charlie Deutsch and Venetia Williams. There's good old Itchy Feet in here as well, at 9 to 2 for Ollie Murphy. Wakul is 16 to 1, Elvis Male, 20s, and Innis Oil. No, that's actually one that I haven't practiced pronouncing before. I don't actually know if I've got that right. So again, anybody wants to comment in and correct me, that is fine. Um, so Becca, as we've got you for now, and the internet seems to be going all right, I'm going to let you start off here with your selection in the Rendlesham. Okay, so I've selected Itchy Feet. I think he was top class hurdler back in the day. Obviously, he went chasing, didn't really work out for him, but he returned at Huntingdon last time over hurdles and he won. And I just think he's the class horse in the race. Yeah, I think um, Itchy Feet is kind of one of those who has been a bit of a, well, maybe not a favourite, but, you know, one of those that's kind of turns up every time and, yeah. you know, you're just willing him to do well, aren't you? And he's sort of... He's, evidently lost his way a little bit um you know a couple of letters to his name rather than numbers and yeah. he's he's one of those I think everybody will have been quite pleased to see him notch up a win again last time um yeah so that so that is I'm I'm happy with that selection and is that a is it a head or a heart or are you really you're really convinced that the the switch back to hurdles is is the kind of defining factor for him yeah, I think switching back to hurdles will be the making of him. I didn't really have much of an opinion on much of the other horses in the race, so that's why I've landed on him, really. 
Okay, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely <laughs> fine. Sam, I'm going to come to you next and ask for your selection and how you think this race is going to pan out. Well, I think um, it'll have done Itchy Feet the world of good that he got his head in front last time. Um, so I think we can perhaps be expecting to see another kind of enthusiastic performance by him. Um, I was really excited. Yeah, for the from like a mind perspective, you mean. Yeah, exactly. I don't yeah. think people kind of take that into consideration enough really when um, yeah. looking at horses' form and things. But, you know, like Becca says, it it was great to see him win. Um, the lass who looks after him um, absolutely adores him. Uh, the whole team love him. He's such a sweet horse. Um, yeah. I've had the pleasure of conducting an interview in front of him. Um, he's a very good boy. <laughs> with him? Uh, no. <laughs> interviewing an amateur jockey with him in the background. Um, he's a very good boy. Um, so I'd obviously love to see him win. Um, but I am going to go with Anne River because I think an awful lot of the, um, the Nick Kent team, I think he doesn't have many horses but he doesn't have to do a good job with them. Um, he had two wins in Novice Chases. Um, then he was 11-4 to four for that entry grade one Novice that I think Miller's Bank won. Um, he's running the Oatsy Chase, yeah. um, beaten by Hitman. Um, he returned to hurdles last time, and I think he actually ran an absolute cracker, considering he must have had a wind issue because he's had a wind operation since, but he only went down by three quarters of a length, carrying much more weight at Doncaster. Um, he's had a little bit of time off, obviously, to have the op. And um, I think he's a worthy favourite. Um, and then the one we can't pronounce, Lucinda Russell's, horse, I'm call him. Um, I do think it's really kind of, um, it's really notable that they've decided to put him in here because it's not a case of, oh, you know, just go around for the prize money, like say if there was four runners or something, is there? This is a this, albeit isn't perhaps your typical grade two. You've got some really nice horses we'd normally associate with fences in here, and I think the fact she's putting this young horse, he's only just when he's novice, in there, um, he's got an Albert Bartlett entry, and I don't think Lucinda Russell typically does this. This is quite a kind of out there move, and unless there's something the owners want, but who knows. Um, I just think it's notable he's in there. Um, yeah. So perhaps keep an eye on him for that because he's going to be a ridiculous price. So I'll have the outsider and the favourite. Yeah, we'll 66, on. To one. 66 to 1 I've got on my screen at the moment, mm -hmm. which is best odds. But, uh, I mean, uh, there's nothing really wrong with his form if you have a look through yeah. that. I mean, finishing a nose, uh, a bit, sorry, beat Outlaw Peter a nose last time. Outlaw Peter's a, a, real, a real decent yardstick, yeah. I would say. Um, and you know, if you look at his seconds, he's finishing a length and a neck. That's mm. he, he's obviously there to you know, he's not just there to make up the numbers kind of thing. No, so I, I don't think, think so. Yeah. yeah, but you're sticking with Earn River for yes. I just wanted okay. to get the, the shout in for the Lucinda Russell one just in case he runs well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good, good choice. Thanks, Sam. Uh, Neve, how do you think this race is going to pan out? Well, let's face it. It's not a vintage renewal. Um, there's a lot of horses, like, you know, have been mentioned who have gone over fences and are coming back over hurdles. Mm -hmm. And actually, who can blame them, really? Because if you've got a grade two like this, it's worth a go if you've not got any of the big guns really showing up here. Um, At this time of year as well, perhaps. With yeah, exactly. Months until Cheltenham. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, 
So I actually, I agree with Becca. I'm siding with itchy feet, which I never thought I would ever hear myself say, <laughs> ever. But I'm saying it. So I just think it might be worth sticking with him here um, because, you know, he's the highest rated in the race. He's the only horse who's like proven at grade one level, albeit that was in a novice chase. But even still, you know, that's that's the best form coming into this race. Um He's been running behind, you know, top, top, top class horses over fences, albeit he wasn't out of his depth, but he never looked a natural like chaser to me. I do think he is more suited to hurdling and it was good for him to get his confidence back last time out. But by no means was that an easy race. You know, he was carrying top weight, he was giving away weight all around and it's actually over a furlong further than this. So you're kind of guaranteed he will stay. Um, he won't mind the ground. And actually, you know, when you, when you think there's a lot of horses here with question marks about them, he is one of them, but he is the only one of these who has gone to that level and has proven himself. So I do think if he's back and if he's rejuvenated, he'll take some beating here. The only other one that I was really, you know, giving, giving a proper look to was Green Book mm-hmm. because, um, I thought that was a really, really good performance at Sandown the other week. I was really taken with him at the beginning, actually. I'd love to know, like, what his character was like at home because he looks like a really grumpy horse. Like, I was sat there watching it with my dad and I thought, I don't think that horse's ears could go any further back than they are. <laughs> like, they're properly pinned and he's tiny. Um, so, I mean, he, he carries a penalty here, which was ultimately what did put me off him. But I think, you know, he he's probably gonna be a decent handicapper he's not i don't think he's a graded horse but or any of a race like this exactly horses. this is the opportunity if he's gonna win a grade two this is probably gonna be it but he does have decent form in the book he was fifth in the albert bartlett at last year's Cheltenham festival um he's clearly in good form again and he's only six so you know in comparison to something like itchy feet or, you know, the likes of Ashtown Lad, even Earn River, Green Book has probably got more improvement in him because he has shown that progression last time. I thought it was a really, really, just like, it was a really mature performance, I thought. It just seemed like everything just came together. But I am siding with Itchy Feet purely because of the class. I think he's still retains, as you showed last time. Um, yeah, and I think... The Ollie Murphy team look like they're coming into good form. Sean Bowen has had an excellent season. So, yeah, itchy feet for me. So nobody's nobody's making a case for Ashtown Lad as the Skeletons have kind of been mopping up the the sort of, you know, a big race on a Saturday the last few weekends, haven't they? Um, certainly mm. towards the start of the year anyway. Um, no, my nobody... problem, yeah, my problem with him is that he's a beach chase winner. Yeah. But he's he's never won a race in the spring. All of his wins throughout his career have come between October and December. Mm. So he probably wants that kind of like early season type rather than the, you know, we're getting into, the, I say springtime, we're still in winter, but yeah. rather than you're getting into the springtime, this isn't his time of year. So that's why I was put off him. Yeah, okay. That's an interesting point. I hadn't, hadn't considered that at all. Now looking through... All of his wins, yeah, they're all like October, November time. Um, there was a yeah. lot of kind of controversy, wasn't there, about the um, the, the run last time. I was there, 
and I haven't actually watched the race back other than seeing it live because you know I love glimpse of Gala I was happy um but yeah. uh she I know I saw on Twitter at the time people weren't very impressed um but I think he did make a bit of a mess of the second last and then it took him a little bit um a, I don't know he took a little bit of kind of collecting back together I think mm. after the back of the last and especially when glimpse of Gala is quite a small like she'll she can just get away from her obstacles. If you look at her, she's mm -hmm. a fabulous jumper and she's absolutely tiny. Yeah. Um, and whereas he, like he says, he's won a beach of chase. He is a big horse. Mm -hmm. He is stocky. And I think the acceleration that she showed after the last kind of maybe um, made Harry, not took Harry Skelton by surprise, because, I mean, his ride on Calico shows that that doesn't really happen to Harry Skelton. Um, but, you know, I just think, who knows if he was deliberately trying not to win. We don't know these things, do we? Um, no. But uh, the stewards didn't look into it, so there's no reason to say it wasn't his genuine performance. But I think you've just got to think of that, how big he is when he goes back over hurdles. Yeah, I, I, he's really, if you by the look of the horse, generally you can tell these things. If, you know, even when you're looking at a young horse just starting out their career, you can tell if they're going to be a chaser or not, generally, can't you? And I think he's, yeah. he's, a, he's a clear chaser. So, yeah. Um, Okay, so it was Earn, Earn River for you, wasn't it, Sam? Yeah. And then Itchy Feet for you two girls to uh, yeah. get back, to, to keep that winning streak going now that he's back over hurdles. Okay, fantastic stuff. So the next race we are going to look at, we're staying at Haydock for one more and we are looking into the Grand National Trial Handicap Chase. Uh, this is at 2.40 over three mile, four and a half furlongs. And there are 15 runners at the moment. So heading the market, we have five to one Fontaine Collange for Venetia Williams and Charlie Deutsch. Next up is good old Bristol de May, who we all know loves Haydock. Um, good to soft, perhaps not necessarily his best, but he'll certainly turn up and give it his good shot, I'm sure. Small Present is next in the market at around eight to one. Quick Wave, Venetia's other one in this is nines. We've got Fortescue for the Henry, da Henry Daly team, who is at 12s, along with Not A Chance, Omar Moretti and the two Amigos. Snow Leopardess is 16s and it is bigger the rest. Um, Sam, I'm going to come back to you to start us off on the Grand National Trial. Who in particular are you having a look at and interested here? And do you think actually have chances in the in the big one later on in the season? Well, I think um, first off, it's just a great turnout, isn't it? How nice it is 15 runners? Great, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> be much better if there's 16 runners, but you can't have everything, can you? At least you've got three places first off so well done to connections on this one ideal good to soft isn't putting anyone off um so um i think the good to soft ground is actually going to help time to get up a bit um and he will be a massive price because he's pulled up on his last two starts but i have to give him a mention because um he wears a tongue tie and um i was talking to john joe o'neill about him um and i can't remember the exact words so I'm not quoting anybody on this, but the impression I get with the horse and from talking to him, um, that his wind is just not that great on the trying ground at Chepstow. Um, that because I saw him the day after, like it's just not ideal for him. And I think maybe on this better ground, we could see him to better effect. Um, 
because we all know he stays um and i do think eventually time to go will be so well handicapped because he's already below that um midlands national mark so i do think eventually he will run a very good race somewhere whether it's on saturday who knows hopefully um because i've mentioned him but i'd like to give a shout out for tim pat and um, the course and distance winner um he actually went over course and distance age six in march um just gone which is it's a bit strange really you don't really see such young horses running at three miles four and a half um mm. but the fact he's done that at such an early age makes him kind of he's got an advantage over some of these older more experienced handicapped chasers in here um he i think the sixth place that he ran recently was better than the number actually suggested um and then last time he ran on really well with a massive weight um he gets cheap pieces brian hughes rides i mean he just looks a really nice young horse um for donald mccain um it's a big step up and a big ask for the horse but the change of headgear i think is interesting and uh he could be one that's a bit of an each way value, maybe one to look for for next season. So I don't think he's got a national entry. Um, I will have to check. But yeah, Tim Pat's an interesting one. OK. Um, Arthur Geordie is on. I don't know if we're actually going to fit. Oh, we can fit his whole comment in. Thank you, Arthur. It's gone for the two amigos each way. Interested on. Yeah, I was just about to mention time to get up, actually. Um what do, what's what's happened do we what's going on there with a couple of peas last time um looked like you know everybody was quite interested in time to get up um you know over was it last year or the year before but you know this sort of distance he was a he was a real interesting one i think he's yeah. another one who's was sort of fallen off the cliff a little bit and we can't seem to identify why um so thanks for getting involved, Arthur. Becca, I'm going to come to you next and ask for your selection and reasoning for the Grand National Trial. Okay, well, I found this, this race a bit tricky because I think a lot of the field would ideally want softer conditions. Maybe there will be by the day, who knows? Yeah. To go with Fontaine Collange because I think there's still a Are we still there? I think Becca's. Oh, so it looks like she's still got connection, but she seems to have frozen. Oh, are you still with us, Becca? Oh, I'm back. <laughs> Just about. You got interrupted there. Sorry, I heard Fontaine Collange and I didn't hear any more than that. Okay. We've got you. Go ahead. Just just go for it. <laughs> yeah, I like because I think she's still improving. And I, I really liked um, her run earlier in the season at Haydock against the big breakaway. I think I would love to see Bristol DeMay run a big race. And I think he will. But I do think Fontaine Collange is a younger horse with more improvement to come. Do you, do you think, being, I don't know if it's maybe my sort of bias for, I think I generally go with the rule that Venetia's like it's soft. Do you think that that is anything to be slightly concerned about with Fontaine Collange being the favourite here and looks like it's going to be, you know, the better side of soft really? 
Yeah, that would be the concern. I think I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't be placing any bets until the day, until we know what the ground is going to be. I think, yeah, obviously she would want softer ground, but I think she is the improving horse in the race. I don't yeah. think the the two amigos again probably want the ground a bit softer, but I think he would be a good each way shout. Yeah. Um, I, actually, just looking through, just looking back a little bit further through Fontaine Colange's form, um, she did win at Warwick on Good to Soft. So perhaps I'm being a little bit unfair there, um, and maybe she doesn't absolutely need it to be soft. But I think you are right in maybe. in your kind of earlier comment where you know these would perhaps per prefer a little bit more juice in the ground. Shall we? Neve, how do you see this race panning out? Who are you siding with here? Well, I hate to burst Sam's bubble a little bit because I know she's very excited about the 15 runners. I wouldn't be surprised if this race, you know, if we lose a few of these before Saturday. Um, looking ahead at the weather forecast, and you can never completely trust the weather forecast, but we're going to get most of the rain, I think, Friday night, Saturday morning. Will that have enough time to get into the ground properly for a few of these? I don't think so. But the likes of Bristol de May, the three, the two amigos, not the three amigos, there's only <laughs> two of them. And I'd say as well, Grumpy Charlie, they probably all want it a lot softer than it is currently. Mm -hmm. um, and I was at Chepstow for the Welsh National and um, we, had a, we had a runner with work. And I, I stood on the race course and, oh, my gosh, I like that ground was just ridiculously soft. So, they, you know, I do think the two amigos want the proper slog. Um, yeah, my my boots, I'm pretty sure, still haven't dried out from that day. Um, I've I think actually, that's the case with my coat from the Wednesday at yeah. last year. I think it's one of those that's still wet. <laughs> We're nearly a year on and it's still oh, there no. in the cupboard, still not dried off. <laughs> um yeah, pack a brolly this year. But, um, yeah, good, good. I've actually, I agree with um, Sam about Tim Platt. I mean, I don't normally like picking horses that are outside of the handicap, and he's three pounds out of the handicap. But if we do, if this field does lose a few runners, then, you know, he, he's one who probably could improve. Um First-time cheap pieces. I love seeing a horse with first-time cheap pieces. Who knows what it's going to do, but more often than not, it does bring out some improvement. Um, Is he, that his last win? Yeah, the improvement comes because you you're generally obviously you're putting cheap pieces on because they need some help, right? So, do you actually yes. think the improvement is because? Um, it's making a not so fantastic horse a little bit better than they are, or do you not see? I it's like I sort of see it as a bit of a negative for me. Do you? I understand and agree that the idea is that it brings improvement, but mm. does it bring enough improvement to make up for not not a lack of ability? But you, you sort of see what I'm how I'm trying to position it. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. So I do see where you're coming from. But I do think I think it all comes down to the horse. Yeah. And actually, if they were running in a in a graded race, I'd probably be a little bit more back off. Yeah. But in true. a handicap, you never really know what's quite thrown in there. And he's a younger horse as well. Um, so I do think it might just sharpen him up a little bit. 
Um, so that's what really drew me to him. Um, there was a lot to like about his second at Doncaster last month. Um, he probably just found the trip a little bit too short, to be honest. Um, he's practically got no weight on his back. He's back up to a trip that should really suit him. And, of course, he's got the assistance of the champion jockey, Brian Hughes. Um, so I do think that he, for me, would he'd be who I would back in the race. But I was also drawn to um, Omar Moretti. Um, I think he'll like the ground. I think the only times he's really been up, he's come undone, have been on heavy or soft ground. Again, this is me kind of almost taking an alternative view and hoping we don't get too much rain. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's lightly raced um, for this kind of profile of a race. Um, he could have more improvement in him. Um, and for the Alex Hales team, as well they not they know how to how to place their horses i think um and again i've gone for sean bowen but i do think he's having a really good season and actually you know probably riding as well as he ever has at the moment i would say um so yeah i would i'm drawn more perhaps it's in pat but i do think omar moretti is definitely worth a shout thank you i'm just um I'm just having a look at to see if I can find anything in I'm kind of going through and really basing it on on the ground because when I when you look at races I mean if we think about it the Grand National obviously it's run in April and generally the ground is better then so it's actually quite interesting really how we're looking at this and you know we're expecting a lot of these horses to prefer it softer even though it's a national trial and which will potentially be run on better ground um i was just trying to see if there was anything in quick waves form to say that he could potentially go on on a better ground and he's actually only run comes from france obviously um has run on it three times pulled up once uh second once and one latest time at sandown which was on um tingle creek day um, ran really, really well that day. And I think a bit like what you said earlier, I think, Neve, when you were talking about Bryony, um, mm-hmm. and was that for Napa's Hill? Yeah. Is that, yeah. You know, these jockeys kind of can be, you know, can make a real difference with these horses. And I think Charlie Deutsch is, is it? Oh, Charlie doesn't matter. Charlie Deutsch is on Fontaine Colange. I've just seen Venetia Williams and thought, oh, Venetia, Charlie. But it's actually Harry Bannister. So, you know what? That's just thrown my uh, the argument I was going to make right out the window. <laughs> um, let's wait and see who's actually going to turn up on the day, shall we? Yeah. And then we can decide. But thank you all for your selections there and talking us through can that we, race. Can I just give a shout for Cloudy Glenn's back? The, um, is back. Yes. The Tennessee is back. I thought he'd retired ages ago, but no, he's back. So hopefully he puts in a nice performance um as well. Just another one for maybe not this race, but a little bit later in the season, another Venetia Williams in the race. He does want heavy yes. ground though. He would want more cut in the ground, yeah. I think. But just yeah, just nice to I see thought, him back. There's a lot of mares in there. There's a lot of there mares are. in there as well it's really which is nice to see obviously snow leopardess mm. how have we not mentioned snow leopardess she gets no, cheap first time cheap pieces no. yes <laughs> she um she was going she was going a really really well for a really long way um 
in the cross country at Cheltenham mm. last time and uh you know while she, you know she I think she likes to race quite prominently doesn't she so um yeah she raced in second I think most for most of the way around and it was just really nice to see her because I think it's so nice to see these horses over these longer trips they are horses that really enjoy their racing and their jumping and everything aren't they and I think Snow Leopardess is certainly one of those that uh, pulls on the heartstrings of quite a few National Hunt racing fans up and down the country so it'd be good to see her put in another good performance um, let's just pop back over to the old oh, Marco T doesn't agree. He never backs mares over the age of eight, so he's not a slow oh. leopardess. Great, <laughs> <laughs> we sporting honey man, I assume. <laughs> yes. Um, so we will now move on to Ascot, and we'll go first of all, we're going to look at the Reynolds Town Novice Chase. Let me find my caption for that. Here we go. And we have again a real nice field of four runners. <laughs> um, so something to say about everybody here, I, I would say uh, this is obviously three mile novice chase. It's a grade two. And we have an odds on favorite in bold endeavor for the Henderson and De Boinville combination. Kinondo Quetu is in there for Sam England at around 11 to 4. We've got JJ Riley for Dan Skelton at 9 to 1. And good old Oscar Elite is in there for the Tizards at around 12 to 1. Becca, I'm noticing that there's there's in and outs on the <laughs> on the internet. So let's go to you yeah. first and you can kick us off in the Reynolds town. Okay. Well, it's it's not the most exciting renewal, is it? <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, someone's got to win it, Becca, and we're going to find the winner. So that makes it exciting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think um, Kinondu Quetu, if that's how you pronounce it, I think he's interesting because he's defending an unbeaten record this season. So I think that's that's interesting. Um, I have to say, I do like Oscar Elite. I know his recent runs have been pretty bad. But going to his back form, he's running some really good races. I think this is a winnable race. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a hesitant vote, for, but I'm going to vote for Oscar Elite in this race. The outsider of four. <laughs> okay, an outsider of Rebecca, Neve, who are you signing with in the Reynolds Town? Well, first off, who doesn't love another four runner grade two? <laughs> you know, my favourite type of race. Um, I'm gonna, I'm siding with Bold Endeavour here. Got to go for the favourite. Um, but no, it's more, it's more based on he's two out of two since joining Nikki Henderson. I mentioned it. I think when when we are talking about the Kingwell, is that team are really coming into form at the moment they're really hitting their stride in the last week or so um and you know I do think he'll be fine on the ground um he jumped right-handed last time but obviously Ascot being a right-handed track hopefully it shouldn't be a problem here um you know and this is a small field I think there's a good chance he might get an easy lead and Ascot as a track especially the chase course it does suit those kind of front runners especially when they do get that easy lead um, so 
Yeah, bold endeavour for me. I did have a look at Kanondu Kwetu because obviously you see a horse with all those ones next to his name. Your eye is instantly drawn there. But um, yeah. I think look, he's got he's got eight pounds to find with the favourite off level weight. I think he's going to be outclassed here because he has been running in handicaps. And that's not to say that he might not find improvement out of you know, you know, because he he's clearly doing well to keep winning. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do. I do think he's one who might have been saved for better ground as well. But I do think Bold Endeavour will just outclass these, to be honest. Um, I can see the argument for Oscar Elite, especially when you look back at his um, Ultima run. That was really, really impressive. And actually, it's interesting the second season novice coming here. Um, but I was looking at a few stats for this race. Um, Come on, I love a stat. Bring we love a stat. On. <laughs> I don't have like specific numbers. I'm not quite that on it with the stats, but That's basically nice. these this race tends to suit those who've won at least fifty percent of their chase starts, which rules out two of them. Mm-hmm. Um and all those who have already won over three miles, you know. You don't want one that's stepping up and trip in this race. Um, and, yeah, those are, those are my stats. <laughs> those are terrible good, stats, but, stats. you know, that basically, that is bold endeavour or Kanandi Questing. So do with okay. that what you will. Sam, are you siding with the stats? Oh, um, I just think this race, it's just, I don't like the Reynolds Town Officers <laughs> chase. In general, as a principle, I'm not oh, a big fan. It's either a small field or it's on really, really bad ground and they completely bottom a novice. If mm. I don't never run in this, ever. There's plenty of other options, hence probably why there's four runners. Really don't like it. So that's, that's informing my views. <laughs> I apologise. Um, I think somebody said in the comments that the grade two we looked at earlier was the worst one this season. I'm going to argue this mm. is. Um, this one. This one this one yeah um i just look bold endeavor has been running in class three handicap chases right and he holds on for a grade two and he beat ashington um two starts got leicester and i love ashington he's owned by us a major racing they're fabulous the horse is amazing um you know but i think even they'd admit it's not he's not your typical like grade two horse is he he'll run through a brick wall for you but he's not a grade two horse and for me, Bold Endeavour hasn't really been beating grade two horses. He had Calico behind him that day, and Calico's obviously gone on and ran John Bond quite close last weekend. Um, Bold Endeavour is going to love the ground. He, I wouldn't be surprised if he won. Um, but I think a good thing about this race is, if I will concede one thing, is that yards like Sam England's can have a runner. They can get the attention of having a runner on a grade two, and mm-hmm. it's going to do them the absolute world of good. Because you're looking at this race, you've got a horse coming in there, of a um, having won his last six, and that takes some doing as a trainer. And obviously, have mm. been over the summer. Um, he did beat Fruit de Chanel in September. One of the horses I, I was waiting for you to mention um, that. Yeah, Fruit <laughs> <Because Baruch laughs> was uh... out as much as I could. Okay, um, I was going to introduce I... that for you, but <laughs> <laughs> the fact um, this horse is now in a grade two is great for Fruit, who's now loving life at Anthony Honeyballs. Um, so you know, it's. I just think it's just not a race that excites me, to be honest. And I don't say that about many races. I would really love to see Sam England win. 
um, because it looks like it's a lovely yard, great setup. Obviously, Jonathan, her partner, rides um, rides the horse. So he'd be my selection in the race purely because, you know, for the story, but there's no point in having a bet in this, I don't think. Yeah, I think, um, although I don't really know all that much about Kinondo Cretu at all, I think if you literally just look at the race on paper you you know you can make a, a very serious argument for him not just because he's got all of those ones to his name but you know as I've kind of already mentioned I do like to really take the ground into consideration I think it is really important when when you're looking at any race in fact it's probably one of the, the main factors that I look at first um when going through a horse's form but I think also um which possibly isn't that difficult to do, but Kanondu Quetu has been running in this sort of field, you know, like small mm. races and horses are a bit like humans in that they're, they're creatures of habit, you know, and they can get used to these things and these conditions. And if he's thinking, well, you know, I'm, I'm winning these five and four runner fields, I've just got to go out and do the same thing that I did last time. Um, it it could just be any little thing like that. I I'd, I'd probably agree that it's it's not really a race that I'm interested in having a bet in. But um, I think I'd probably be selecting Kanondu Kretu as well for for the sake of choosing one for the podcast, as we that is what we're here to do. Um, I do also think Oscar Elite. I I think Oscar Elite is is a front runner, is he not? So he could potentially. I think Ascot mm. is a bit difficult place to go from the front but you know as again as there's only four of them it might might not be quite so difficult but he could potentially then be setting the race up for for one of the others you know okay so we will we'll leave that one there that's the um that's the Reynolds Town novices chase done and dusted I am actually going to Scott on Saturday it's a um are you it's a reciprocal with your Cheltenham membership, Neve. Oh, I'm busy. Otherwise, I'd tell you that. <laughs> and That's Haydock, really disappointing. Haydock and Ascot this weekend are both oh, really? the Cheltenham membership this weekend. So for any listeners mm. who are members at Cheltenham and didn't know that, um, there you go. You've got, a, you've got a free day at either Ascot or Haydock. So Marco T is apologising for for commenting in a lot, and that's absolutely. Please don't yeah. apologise for that. We love people to get involved, um, so please do continue. Right. And if anybody else wants to get involved and give their selections or ask any questions, please do not fear and go ahead and do that. Um, but not too much more time left to do that as we're on to our last race that we're going to discuss now, which is the one that I'm probably most looking forward to this weekend because it's a chance to see my little favourite Fakir Duderi. Um he's he's really pulls on the heartstrings for me, definitely. You know, a really little horse that I think wears his heart on his string and uh jumps out of his skin. So I'm really excited to be seeing him again in what looks like, although there's only six runners in the field, which I mean it's better than four, so that's good, isn't it? Um I think it does look like a really, really good renewal actually of the Ascot Chase. I think you can make genuine cases for most, if not all of them. So I would say that's a that's a good sign of a good race and I think we'll bring some good discussion points. 
So we have, let's take you through the market as it stands at the moment. It's nearly 100,000 to the winner. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a really good purse for a British race that doesn't always, you know, these races in Britain don't necessarily always put up the best prize money, but Ascot do pretty well in that department. So we have to give them their due. Vakir Duderi is head of the market at seven to four, closely followed by Pick Dory for Nichols and Cobden. Shishkin stepping up to the two and a half mile division now, whether we think that's a necessary good bad interesting option i'll let you girls discuss we also then have miller's bank at 11s first flow at 22s and i write bringing up the rear at 66 to 1 in prices um sam i'm gonna come back to you to kick us off on this one if that's okay do you what first of all actually what do you make of shishkin's step up in distance do you think that's the right thing to do here i think with him it was an inevitability in a way because he's won three mile points so if you look you consider what kind of horse wins a three mile point it's one that's going to stay further isn't it um so i love the horse i mean he's so good isn't he and i stand my ground that it was not a bad run last time i'm adamant he did not disgrace himself at all he had some mystery illness over the um yeah. summer didn't he mm. after he pulled up at cheltenham we don't know you know we don't know we don't know next. that's that's no yeah um and the we fact, just don't I know think, i think that's the difficult thing with him exactly and i mean you look at the race he ran in um first time back stand down's a really tough jumping track isn't it you never get a moment of relief there um he ran against edward stone and um like kind of horses that younger legs um you know and that mistake i think it was at the pond fence just kind of knocked the stuffing out of him and he has had a wind up since so yeah. a mistake like that can do all kinds of things to wind and if he didn't quite get himself back on the kind of straight and narrow didn't kind of get himself breathing properly again to finish where he did is an incredible feat and we all know he's got the heart of a lion um and i think like nikki's obviously done give him all the kind of precautions with the wind up and then popping the tongue tie on as well um <laughs> the only thing is the ground might be a fraction quick we'd want i think we'd want a little bit of rain in the meantime um just to soften it up a little bit because um, I don't think it'd do him too badly to run on quite quick ground, but um, it's not it's not kind of worth the risk, really, is it? Uh, but I hope he doesn't get pulled out because it'd be great to see him, you know. Um, he's undoubtedly the best horse in the race. There's £20 split in the lot of them, um, with him off 174, I write off 154. Um, and this is, yeah, I mean, I am a major Fakir fan. I think he's just so cool, isn't he? Like to own him, yeah. he's just so reliable. And normally, when you say our oh, horse is reliable, that means they're not like as cool as perhaps others. But he's he's just cracking, and you know he always turns up, always tries his best. Um, I think um, I've seen a couple of the comments are saying about the ground for him. Um, he's very versatile. I think we could say. Um, well, he didn't go to Cheltenham last year, did he? But now Alaho's out of the Ryanair. That's yeah, do you think he's? Do you think he's? I was of the very strong opinion that it wouldn't have even been a thought. I really thought he would just go to Aintree, skip the festival. I thought yeah. that was a, well, a it worked, didn't plan. it? It yeah. worked last year, like you say. So I mean, 
it's the thing, isn't it? It's not the be all and end all. And I think JP and Joseph are particularly good at knowing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with him, it's more of a case of what is best for him because it could be a little bit too close to Cheltenham. This is like, like you said at the start, this is a very, very valuable prize. Mm. So to have him in a race like this, you're not, you don't want to put him in something in less than four weeks' time where he's not going to enjoy himself. Yeah. It's, he, he probably could win. I think we could all say he'd win the Ryanair. Yeah. You could definitely make a case for him. Now Alaho's out. Looks a bit of an open race now, doesn't it? It, it? It's there for the taking, isn't it? And I think this race is going to tell us so many, so many clues for the Ryanair. Because mm. it's where it looks like Shishkin's going to go. If Shishkin looks like he's staying on, he might go to the Gold Cup. Miller's yeah. Bank's in there. Just had a wind up. Um, on on the kind of Shishkin and Fakir Duderi point, you know, if we if we take in the race at Thurla's last time that Fakir Duderi won, he had no chance. He, he virtually had no chance of winning that race, turning yeah. it in for home. Like he he was going to be fourth. And mm-hmm. he he just kept going, kind of thing. And poor old Autumn Couleur was the was so unlucky and so did yeah. not deserve to come down at the last. And that with Shishkin in mind with him and them being the same owners, and we sort of know that you know, owners and I think also with trainers like Nicky Henderson, they do like to split their horses up and wouldn't necessarily, yeah. you know, if Shishkin runs this, he definitely goes to the Ryanair. But actually, I think Orton Couleur is well worth his place in that race. But you couldn't, yeah. you know, you couldn't place a bet on him until you know what's happening with Shishkin because I think yeah. they're almost going to treat him as the priority, which, you know, whether rightly or wrongly, obviously it's their decision, but it's it makes it quite difficult to to make your selection as a punter, doesn't it? It does. I mean, it's nice to have that. Um, it must be nice to have that conundrum. Oh, it must be wonderful. I'd love to have that problem. <laughs> um, but I think before the race, you wouldn't... If you said, oh, yeah, Horn Collar put in the performance he did mm. uh, before he fell, you'd be like, what happened to Fakir Dudere then? Mm. Um, that's the only thing, isn't it? There's a little bit of kind of... shocking. Yeah, exactly. Like, they'd be the ones you expected. So mm. was it an underperformance on their account which flattered Horton Collar or was Horton mm. Collar, you know, younger horse just kind of had the improvement? Um, I think we'll get a lot he more information. I, I completely, I think if you were looking at the race just on, like, looking at it on paper, have like, you know, seeing the finishing positions yeah. and, and, and all those things, I think I'd absolutely agree. But... Autumn Couleur just he made he made that race he set it up for himself he so mm. so deserved it it was a real shame that he fell but yeah but what you mean Shakun is is another difficult one to to add into the mix here yeah. isn't he um which wasn't very nice to see him finishing the way that he did but we digress um <laughs> sorry Sam I've interrupted you and I've probably taken you off your train of thought I'll let you I'll let you continue now okay. with where you're going um I'm going to stay with Shishkin for this. I think Pictori um, is kind of one that I think a, p- a few people will perhaps like for this. Obviously, he's got the form figure. It's a bit like that horse in the previous race. It's quite eye-catching and appealing because of that. Um, but for me, I don't think he's kind of performed to a, to this standard yet. I think he's definitely open to improvement. He's beaten Miller's Bank a couple of times. Um, but for me, he just need to 
do it go a little bit further for me um yeah. he's just got that little bit to make up between grade two to grade one company and um, yeah could I think I'm that kind of... easy time of it in grade twos and then this is the real test for him um for me it feels like he's been around forever um because he started out in the um in the triumph in Penn and hills triumph um but yeah yeah so yeah i feel like he's been around forever but he's actually yeah. hasn't um just since March 2017 in Britain. So nearly six years. Well, no, that's wrong, isn't it? What year was Fenton Hills in 19? 19. 2019. Yeah. Because him and Fakir ran at the same festival, but Fakir did yeah. already ran in the Supreme, didn't he? Yeah. Four years yeah. then. But yeah. Um, yeah, we'll have to see. Um, but Shishkin for me. Okay, Shishkin for Sam. Becca, do you agree? Are you siding with the favourite? Can you make a case for Pick Dory? How do you see this panning out? Well, I have to say I agree a lot with what Sam said. I, I do think Pick Dory's been really consistent this season, but whether he can make the step up to grade one level, I'm not sure. We'll obviously find out on Saturday. Mm -hmm. I think Fakir Dudari, the defending champion, obviously, He's he's been a really good horse over two and a half miles, but I don't know why he just doesn't excite me all that much. <gasps> I don't know. <laughs> I have got the mute button. Don't worry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's an admirable horse. He really is. But I think if Shishkin is if Shishkin returns to form and he goes over two and a half miles, I think he he's the one to beat. Obviously, he's rated £10 ahead on ratings. So, yeah, I would love to see Shishkin win again. And, I think and do you think it's the right thing? So I know I asked Sam the question, but do you think it is the right thing for him to be stepping up? Because, you know, really, if we... OK, he pulled up in the champion chase last year and then, as Neves already described, obviously he well being third in a tingle creek to edward stone is that a bad enough performance to totally change your plans and everything sam obviously thinks that it was it was always on the cards what what do you make of of the change in trip for shishkin yeah well i don't think his last run was a bad performance but i think it's well worth trying to step up in trips see if that will improvement in him yeah, hopefully it will, and we'll see the same sort of shishkin we saw at the start of his career. Okay, so a couple for shishkin. Sam, uh, sorry, Neve, where are you? Uh, where are you landing on this one? Um, I'm also landing on shishkin. Um, <laughs> purely, I know. I'm so sorry. I'm so no, sorry. And I even sorry. put. Do you want to know what I've written in my notes? Yes, I've written, please. poor Fakir Duderi has deserved better than me going against him in this race. <laughs> and that is true. Because he's been, he, he's another one. He feels like he's been around forever, but he's still only eight. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, I that that notebook that I dug out the other day that I was showing you guys, Lauren, um, his name is written, one of the first I've written down for that Supreme. And that was back when I was in my A-levels. And that feels like, a whole other lifetime ago now. I think um, you're making lots of our listeners feel rather old saying that. Yeah. Please continue. I apologise. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Um, 
Anyway, I think, you know, the thing with Shishkin is his best piece of form of his lifetime was that Clarence House chase last year, which mm. was at this course. But the way he won that race, right, re- absolutely screamed out two and a half miles. Because Anergamin, we know he is a two miler um, and he is a speed horse and he is a fast horse. And Shishkin just outstayed him. And it was totally a case of him outstaying him as opposed to, I think, necessarily being the better horse. I think they were really evenly matched. I think it just came down to stamina in the end. And Shishkin, he wasn't stopping that day, whereas Anergamin did. Now, Cheltenham for Shishkin was just a write-off. Like we mentioned before, he's had these issues. And actually, the Tingle Creek, his mistake was just at the wrong place. Yeah, You know, you don't want to hit the pond fence because then you've got to get up that hill and it is enough to just completely stop a horse. And, you know, if he's up against a genuine two-miler like Edward Stone is, he's come out and he's, you know, he's bossed it. I mean, obviously, Cheltenham the other day, again, probably write that off, Edward Stone, but this isn't about him. Shishkin, I think he's now had the time off. He's had the wind operation. He's got the tongue tie. This has been the plan for a while. And I do think that, you know, look, we're talking about a horse who has gone off at, you know, odds on for every, like, for every race of his life nearly, near enough. Mm-hmm. How is he this, like, I get, I get why he's this price, but if he runs to his best, we'll all be kicking ourselves if you haven't backed him, Yeah, you know. And I think as well, here's my stat, right? This is why I'm making the case for Shishkin above Pictori and above Fakir Duderis. It all comes down to yard form. So here's a stat for you, Lauren. We know you love it. Nicky Henderson, in the last two weeks, he is working at 32.14 strike rate. 32.14% of his runners are winners. Compared to Paul Nichols, who has had the same number of winners, but over twice the runners, so he's working at 17.65% strike rate. While mm-hmm. Joseph O'Brien, he's only got an 8.33% strike rate in the last two weeks. But he has not- just had the Dublin Racing Festival. So we're going to have yes. to dial that into the considerations. We are. We are. But, but it does, for me, that says a lot. I do think, I've mentioned it with every time I've picked a Nicky yes, Henderson horse tonight, which has been a lot. Um, yes. He is in form. And that really matters. And I think it will especially matter for Shishkin if he is coming back from these issues that he's had, if the yard is bouncing. And actually, I saw that they were doing all the press day on um, Monday, I think it was, and like a lot of pictures of Nicky Henderson's horses were coming out. Mm. And I thought he looked really, really well, actually, Shishkin. Yeah, I I thought he looked really well, like better than he did at Sandown. And... So, yeah, I do think he can bounce back to form here. And I think, look, he's rated £10 clear of these for a reason. And if he brings that, he's going to be difficult to stop because I don't think there's a doubt about him getting two and a half miles personally. Yeah. I, and there are all those kind of things to consider, aren't there, which which make it such a fascinating race. I think it's one that, you know, you could you could spend a really, really long time considering all of the various different form lines and data and bits of 
information to to cover. I think we probably all agree that Pick Dory and his form lines with Miller's Bank, you know, it's it's whilst he could be an improver and I, I think he jumped really nicely. I think he's he's a good ground horse for me. I do think he'll I think he'll have a lovely time. I think he'll enjoy himself. But you know, if we look at the Shishkin that we know and believe him to be, as long as he is still that Shishkin, um really pick Dory shouldn't come and he shouldn't come anywhere near him no. and the same can then be considered for Fakir Duderi who yes it doesn't win every time but somebody else in the comments has said earlier you know this is without a doubt this is his trip um he goes on any ground and he is always mixing it you know he's he's a bit like maybe that's a really unfair comparison to make uh and I'm sort of thinking of Mellon, who, you know, always turns up, always turn up in, in those good races and perhaps wasn't a grade one horse, but was a really solid grade two horse and could always step up and mix it in the places of a grade one. Um, mm. I think I think Deck has, has made that comparison. With, I think Deck's made that sort of argument about Fakir before that he's he's a bit of a... I think he said he's a solid grade two horse or something like that, which I, I probably think is a little bit unfair, but um got yeah, go on, Sam. I just say that's harsh from deck in my view. He's won four um, grade ones, hasn't he? He has, but the argument would be that they're smaller fields and yeah, but, against weaker opposition, and, but grade ones nonetheless. This is my special yeah. shout out to Declan, like this week. Declan, how many grade two horses have won four grade ones? Hmm. Yeah. If only he were here to answer that. I know, I know. I'm like just staring at my phone, almost expecting a message to pop up. Like, <laughs> but no. I love him really. Okay, so it's a full house for I'm not I'm really not I'm I'm sitting on the fence for this at the moment, which is definitely not the place to be. Um I just think it's so difficult to call. You know, there's no the fact that we don't really know or maybe don't have the information about what was wrong with or is potentially still wrong with Shishkin and you don't therefore know if and how and when it can come back is is the mm. difficult thing for me because as you girls have already mentioned if even if so even if just what so his third in the tingle creek and pulled up in the champion chase even if he just had one of those performances so let's say he pulled up in the champion chase and then he came and won the tingle creek he would he would be odds against for this because ratings yeah. would would carry that um but as we've already said, you know, finishing 15 lengths to Edwardstone in a Tingle Creek really is no disgrace. So um, perhaps the, and let's hope that the step up to two and a half miles can be the difference in Shishkin and, and bring him back to, to his former mm -hmm. self, which would be really nice to see. But I'm certainly really, really excited to uh, to be watching it anyway. And I have got my Shishkin Aww, badge with yay. me. But I, but I do really love Fakir and I'll find it very difficult to not be cheering for him as well. <laughs> mm. um, I think, um, sorry, another note with Shishkin is mm. 
you know, Nicky Henderson, he's got a record in the past of bringing these horses back. Yeah. When they have had a setback, he's got the knowledge, he's got the patience to just mm. give them give them the time they need, but also to find these races and these targets that are going to suit those horses who are coming back from these kind of issues. Like, I mean, it's hard to compare with Sprinter Sacra because he was just another level. He was beyond any other horse. Yeah. But it's that same, it's similar and different. You know, it's that same kind of story of, you know, this horse who has had an issue, um, then we just don't know if he's going to come back, how he's going to come back. And it did work um, with Sprinter Sacra. But it's just about that patience and giving them those opportunities to kind of build their confidence up again. And I do think that is going to be the case for Shishkin because clearly if he's not right, if he wasn't right at Cheltenham, he, he would have felt that. And actually he probably would have felt that still at Sandown a little bit yeah um so I do think he's he's with the right trainer for this kind of job you know mm. and I do think he's got a really good chance I think the argument can potentially be made I, I'm sort of thinking if the if the lads were on they they'd possibly be saying and maybe with the with an Irish head on is that um Nico really threw everything at Shishkin to make sure that he won the Clarence house Mm. and you know then pulled up in the champion chase that his that the horse that came second to him in the Clarence house went on and won and that you know is I think I just can't get this issue out of my mind and we, because we don't know a huge amount about it is it you know it, is it even a cover-up for the fact that that race really really took it out of him and he's perhaps not the same anymore you know there's all of those things that we just don't know um and as as Richard said here you know Shishkin probably it probably was his best performance that that last time at Ascot um mm. and Steve Casey's actually just said the same thing that he thinks that that, that win over an Ergamine took its toll. I think a lot of people will be thinking that um, come Saturday. So that's it for those races that we had planned to look through. Does anybody have any select are there selections for the weekend, or are there any other particular mentions that you uh, that you would like to shout out? Anything coming up? Any anti-post selections for that? This wasn't planned. None of them. We're, we're really rolling off my tongue now. But um, anything that you'd like to mention as a good bet for Cheltenham? Go ahead, girls. Um, I've got one at Ascot on Saturday that I'm I'm, I'm not sure I'll, I'll back him, but I would back him, but I just want to see what price he is first because I'm sure he will go off a short price favourite. But anyway, I'm looking forward to seeing Attacker again. Um, he runs in the 120 at Ascot, the Ascot race course supports schools, poetry, competition, novices hurdle. I know. <laughs> Love a bit of poetry. <laughs> um, so I was really, really taken with his win at Cheltenham. I think it was hard not to be um, yeah. back in December. Gosh, that that really doesn't seem like very long ago, but we're talking two months ago now. Um, I remember literally we raced into the course. We got there just in time to see them like go off um, for this race. And I backed him in the car on the way there. <laughs> and... <laughs> Just the way he jumped out in front was a joy to watch. And actually, 
you know, he's a big horse. He's, you know, he's a sight to behold. Lauren, go and see him when you're there on Saturday. Um, oh, because be he's there. he's Maybe. one. Yeah, he's one who is going to be a name we keep hearing in the future for sure. Um, and there's death, there's improvement to come. Nicky Henderson, he really, you know, this is a kind of trap that he tends to target with his novice hurdlers, but his good ones. So, yeah, everyone keep an eye out for Attacker in the 120 at Ascot on Saturday. He should win this and hopefully, you know, put his name down as one to definitely keep an eye on. Patricia Pugh has done very well uh, being an owner of very few horses, but, you know, seemingly very, very, very good ones, hasn't she? You know, I think she's Mm -hmm. obviously Altior, um, this attacker and and Pim, I think, are the only three. Um, Mm -hmm. Pim not perhaps getting to the levels of of the or the potential that attacker has, but um, she's... She's certainly done really well with uh, mm. with her purchases, hasn't she? So yeah, that's that's definitely one that will be interesting to see. Um, anybody else? Any other selections for the weekend before we go through a couple of questions that I've just seen in the chat? Um, I want to give a shout for Flash Colange in the five past four at Kelso tomorrow. Um, this was a second season novice. Come on, Day, he'll win a chase. Um, he's a proper bridesmaid, really. Um, but he's got a nice little five on a field tomorrow at Kelso. Um, got plenty more experience than the rest of them. I'm really hoping he gets his head in front. Um, he won't be a big price, but um, let's hope for a winner. Um, and I noticed that I think Marco put in the comments about the form of the Nichols horses with the vaccinations mm. at this the time vaccine. of the year. Mm. So I've been having a look. Um, just a quick look, and um, I've lost my tab. Give me one moment. Okay, right. That's okay. So, I'm also okay. just looking for one of mine that you've reminded me about saying Kelso, a horse that came up in my trucker. But you carry on, Sam. So, um, if we have a look back to last year, 2022, uh, in January, Paul Nichols had seven runners from 56. Seven winners from 56 runners, sorry. Uh, this year he's had 16 from 51. Um, so the horses are going much better than they were in January mm. last year. Um, he had nine winners overall in February in 2022 from 60 runners. He's already had nine winners so far this campaign, this month um, from 55 runners. So if anything, they're running a lot better. So I won't be too worried. Um, Pick Dory has won around this time of the year a couple of times. So for me, it's not a problem. Um, I imagine by now, he's probably got the hang of kind of whereabouts is best um, to put kind of to put the horses in um, for their food jabs. And he will know more about this than I do um, so that they can be at their potential when they're running. Um, but for me, it's not an issue. Hmm. Becca, have you had a look at anything else? What's coming up this weekend? Is there any particular that you're looking forward to backing or watching in general? Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Sharjah in action at Goran in the Red Mills hurdle. Yes. He's just been a super horse and it should be a fairly easy race for him, at least easier than the ones he has been running in lately. So it'd be nice to see him back with a win. 
Yeah, definitely. And, um, and Phil Dore going in that as well for yeah. for Elliot. And yeah, it does look like an interesting race, actually. You haven't obviously... Um, oh, I haven't got odds for that. Has anybody else got... I mean, Sharjah will be the favourite, I imagine. But yeah, that's, that should be certainly be a good one. Um, and then just popping through, then looking ahead to Cheltenham... Um, there is a comment that I've just, yeah, Damon's um, mentioned the stayers hurdle, which is a great question for us because we're big flooring porter fans on this general. <laughs> Sam, what do you do? You think he's gonna? Do you think he's gonna make it? Uh, well, I was so excited to hear yesterday that he was. Um, have, he was quite mm. in a positive place now because you know it's always a worry, isn't it? Um, like I said on the yeah. um, anti post charity uh, tips video I did with Chris. Um, it's always a worry when you draw a winner. Might not make it. Um, yeah. And, you know, he he's perfectly entitled to have an injury at some point. With the yeah. way he's been racing so for so long, you know, had a lot of starts in handicaps even before he kind of progressed up to, up the ranks to grade one level. Um, credit to, you know, his trainer, Gavin Cromwell and Jonathan Moore, who, start, who rode him um, early on his, in his career. Uh, with Danny obviously taking over more recently, I really hope so. Mm -hmm. I, everyone knows how much I love yeah. him, um, so we'll have to see. But um, I think it's a race because he's had that injury, and because we've had this news through. But there's a lot more excitement for Estes, and I think there's been for a long time. Yeah, with like Home by the Lee, um, so many other horses in there. That people going, oh, okay, he might have a shout now for Importers out. Um, there's a lot more excitement when people typically don't kind of get excited for the stays as much it's one of my favorite races i love it um, yeah i think like the uncertainty sometimes brings a little bit of like nervousness with people's bets especially people yeah. who are i mean i was certainly a part of the crowd thinking you know florian porter's a, a really young horse my uh, my dad always said that as soon as he won his even before he won his first day as hurdle dad said he will come back and win it two, three, he could potentially be the horse that wins it, you know, four times because yeah. of the age of him and the way that he runs his races. Um, there are obviously the bits of the things about him that are a little bit tricky and he's obviously a little bit nuts, but that's what makes him so likeable. And that's, you know, why, why he's such a kind of fan favourite. Um, I think everybody, I, I think every racing fan really would, whether they're backing him or not, would like to see him turn up. You know, we want to see the winners turn up to these races year on year because that's what makes it the spectacle. That's what makes these races the spectacle that they are. Um, and Home by the Lee is obviously the the improver. Um, and But the, it's just, it's such an amazing race. You know, we don't know if Marie's Rock will go there instead of um, the Mayors, obviously, because there's... Yes. The, Again, with is Epitont going to the mayors? Is she going like nobody knows where anybody is going at the moment? And that obviously brings about debate and that makes it all very exciting, which is great. Um, and obviously, Blazing Carl has now gone to the head of the market now that he's mm. fine again. Um, I think we're, I think Charles Byrne was waiting to see how he came out the race as to if he was definitely going to go there or not. But I mean, I'm a big Blazing Kyle fan, but I'm also a big Florin Porter fan. Um, and I've backed Marie's Rock for the Mayor's Hurdle, so it's all very confusing <laughs> for me, um, as I'm sure it is for lots of us. Um, 
but yeah, no, thank you very much for joining me this evening, girls. I think we've had a good discussion and we've been through, been a little bit off the grid, been through a few other um, discussion points, shall we say. But yeah, it's been really nice to speak to you all. And thanks a lot, Becca, as well, for joining us, your yeah, debut thank podcast. You. Thanks again yeah. to everybody who's been listening. <laughs> no worries at all uh yeah thanks to everyone who's listened and watched and joined in and the boys will be back next week i believe they will all be back on but um i'm sure lots of us girls will see you all again soon thanks a lot everybody thank you, thank you. Thanks. Bye. bye bye bye